The Green Bay Packers had a chance to save their season on Sunday against the Dallas Cowboys and Aaron Rodgers and Christian Watson, along with a couple clutch defensive stops, got it done in a 31 to 28 victory in overtime of a thriller that may have kept this season alive. You are locked on pack. I feel like we can run the table. Whatever you do. Your daily Green Bay Packers podcast. Rodgers gets out. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Floats it. Your team. Bob. Every day. Touchdown. You are locked on Packers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I'm Peter Bukowski and I cover the Packers for the leap. A newsletter I would love for you to subscribe to. Uh, follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts. Wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers, the number one Packers podcast on the internet and the show for fans who know what happened. They want to know why and how. We have a season. The Green Bay Packers did what they needed to do whether it was run the ball, whether it was stay with the run game, keep feeding Aaron Jones. They came back from 14 points down in this game because they didn't panic. Aaron Rodgers didn't go hero ball. Matt LaFleur didn't get out of what he was trying to do. And aside from the end of half touchdown from the Cowboys, where the Packers played incredibly soft defensively, I thought this was the most complete complimentary football game the Packers have played all season. And what is really encouraging, if we can still talk about things that are encouraging for this team, now four and six, still in the mix in the NFC. But we're talking, it's November 13th right now as we sit here on YouTube live after the game. There's a lot of season left. And this was supposed to be one of the hardest games left on the schedule. They are going to have to do something close to win out or just lose maybe one, possibly two more games, depending on what happens with the rest of the NFC East. I don't expect a team like the Giants to keep winning all these games, but they've got a pretty soft schedule. This was an opportunity for Green Bay with no pressure on them. No one, they're they're home dogs. Aaron Rodgers in, you know, in a game against a team that he has traditionally owned against a coach, we all know for whatever he says, and, and you know, sure, maybe they do have love and admiration for one another now, but that relationship ended badly. And you know, Rogers wanted to win this game. He wanted to be the ex going, look at me, I'm doing fine. And you know who else wanted to do that? Packer fans. Packer fans sure as hell wanted to beat Mike McCarthy. You, I mean, I saw it all week. And the Cowboys fans, Marcus Mosher, came on this show on the crossover and said, I, I am too afraid of Aaron Rodgers to pick the Cowboys in this game, even though by all rights, the Cowboys should have won this game coming in on paper, all that stuff. The difference was Aaron Jones was a star. Aaron Rodgers played a very patient game aside from one series, I thought. And Christian Watson just might be him. He just might be the player that you trade up multiple first round picks or most, most, excuse me, multiple second round picks to go up and trade and get his speed. And this is something that we've talked about a lot this season about just the impact that he can have 
down to down. Not even, not even getting the ball, but just opening things up for everybody else. In this game, you saw him with the opportunity to make plays in the passing game, getting targets, and it starts horribly. And it started much like the Vikings game started back in week one. He gets two opportunities on that first drive when the Packers are moving the ball and drops. And you just go, okay, this guy is not it. This guy just can't get it together. And and I didn't think that, but you start to get the feeling of like this, this rookie season is really just something to be lit on fire and you move on. What you get instead is a player who I think really admirably shows a, a tremendous amount of mental toughness in what he's able to do to come back and have the 58-yard bomb score. We've been waiting for that all season. This was outside of that first pass, really the first chance he's had a real opportunity to go make that kind of play. He later gets the fourth and seven on a beautiful throw and and a terrific route from Christian Watson, showing he is more than just a vertical threat. And then the third touchdown when the Packers really needed it. 14 fourth quarter points after, after Dallas just scored 21 straight. I'm sure there were a lot of people looking around going 28-14. There's just no way Green Bay can, can get back in this. But they did something we haven't really seen them do all season, and that is get stops when the offense started working. And that was as big a factor in this game as anything else. They come out in the second quarter. They get the touchdown. And unfortunately, the Cowboys come right back. The Packers are are not really, they're, they're, they're conceding points. In the second half, though, the Cowboys score to make it 21. Uh, no, excuse me. I'm trying to get this all straight here. So the Cowboys score to make it 28-14. The Packers come right back. Nine plays, 76 yards to make it 28-21. The Packers defense forces a punt. The Packers come down and tie the game. That's complimentary football. And guess what? One more chance. The Cowboys can go and and try and win the game. They go three plays and out. Now, the Packers at the end of the game, we're going to talk about some of the end of sequence stuff at the end. I don't really want to get into that right now because I want to talk about a lot of the positives that are coming out of this. The Packers defense, even in a game where they gave up 28 points, Seven of those came off an Amari Rodgers fumble. We're going to get to Amari Rodgers, I promise you. And that is what this team needed all season. It's what they needed all season, and they needed the spark. And then in overtime, Mike McCarthy gets aggressive. In a a call that I liked, by the way, fourth and three, the field goal doesn't win it. If the field goal won it, that would be one thing. But now in this, you just gave up 14 fourth quarter points. You have not been stopping this Packers offense. Christian Watson is a huge problem for you because speed-wise, he is going to be a problem for everybody all season. And they try and get it fourth and three. The Packers defense comes up with a stop, and that leads to this field goal. Those kinds of plays, we hadn't seen them play that sort of complimentary football. When the offense does a good thing, the defense does a good thing. Or when the defense does a good thing, the offense does a good thing. That doesn't happen. That doesn't happen very often. And that's one of the big reasons why this team was not getting wins. 
They have a chance now. Is the schedule still tough from here on out? Yeah, it is. But this, this version of this team, the Cowboys are really good. And to do this without Romeo Dobbs, without Eric Stokes, without Rashawn Gary, without Devondre Campbell is remarkable. No Randall Cobb in this one. We don't know when he's going to be able to come back. We don't know when Romeo Dobbs is going to be back. Doesn't sound like Eric Stokes or Rashawn Gary are going to be, well, we know Rashawn Gary's not going to be back at all. Eric Stokes, the assumption is he is going to miss the rest of the season. So this is the team. But they pushed the right buttons and they found something with Christian Watson. They found something with a special talent. He it is remarkable to think about what this offense could be if he had not gotten hurt in training camp because it was pretty clear early on he was not up to speed. They did not want him playing receiver. He was a gadget player, end, end arounds, the occasional go route, and then he was the clear out player. In this game, he got to be more than that. Yes, he had the bomb, but then the other play, it's a, it's a really nice sale route. And then you have the designed play in the low red zone, which is something that we've been talking about on the show, guys, for years with Matt LaFleur. You don't need hyper-polished route runners to make this offense work. It just so happened Devontae Adams is that guy, but that, you don't need that. You don't need that. They were getting that, but you don't need it. What you need is guys who can run to space. And that's what Christian Watson did on that last touchdown. He ran to the open space and he's really fast. So it's really tough to cover him running to space. And so that gives the Packers an opportunity to make this work, to make this season continue to matter and to still have a shot at the end to just see what happens, to just see what happens. It is an incredibly cool moment for this team this way against the Cowboys, a team that Aaron Rodgers owns. And, and you know, it's not like Aaron Rodgers was 2016 hyper vintage run the table Aaron Rodgers. But you look at the stat sheet at the end, 14 of 20 for 224, three touchdowns, no interceptions. That's a 146.7 rating, a near perfect passer rating, averaging over 11 yards an attempt because they were patient enough to hit the vertical shots when they were there. And, we can't forget this one. At the end, in overtime, Rodgers, little hand motion, signal, RPO, Al Nazard wins quickly on the slant. It's a 30-yard play, and it puts them in a position to go win. Shorthanded against a Cowboys team playing for not just a division title, but a conference championship, they have looked like a team that could go win the NFC. So for the Packers, this is not just some feel-good story. This is a damn good win against a damn good football team. This is more than just a, a, a oh, this is a moral victory in addition to being an act. No, this team can still go win games because if they can beat the Cowboys in a shootout, Against the defense, did, did you hear Micah Parsons' name as a pass rusher in this game? To be able to play at that level, I, we hadn't seen the Packers play at this level this season. And so for them to show that they can is a huge step forward for this team. This holiday, find out what you love and find more of what you love at Total Wine & More. With so many great bottles to choose from, it's easy to find a new favorite single barrel bourbon or the perfect gifts for everyone on your wish list. 
with some help from a friendly guide and all of that with the confidence of knowing you found something special at the lowest price. Find what you love, love what you find. Only a Total Wine and more curbside pickup and delivery available in most areas. Visit TotalWine.com to learn more. Spirits not sold in Virginia and North Carolina. Drink responsibly. B21. And thanks for making Locked On Packers your first listen. For your second listen, check out Locked On Sports today. My show, all sports, all the big stories, from the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports, all of sports, go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with the local experts and insights only Locked On can provide. Locked On Sports today, available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get podcasts. Okay, we have to talk about the big defensive shift that this team played. They did the thing that we have been advocating for on the show. They did the thing that Packers Twitter has been talking about for weeks, maybe years. That Darnell Savage needed to be in the slot. And Joe Barry was dragged kicking and screaming across the finish line to that change because Eric Stokes is going to miss time. Russell Douglas is better on the boundary, just objectively better on the boundary. Would I like to see him press up more? Absolutely. But... He is better on the boundary. Jair Alexander can play anywhere, do anything. Darnell Savage did not look out of place in the slot at all. It seemed to unlock an aggressiveness and a confidence. Now, did he still get beat by CeeDee Lamb on a deep over route? Yeah, but he's in good coverage. He's running step for step. It's a perfect throw to an elite receiver. Good offense beats good defense most times. I was going to say nine times out of 10. That's probably too many, but like six or seven times out of 10. Good offense beats good defense. He is so much better there. And then, of course, Rudy Ford pays off that move with a pair of interceptions, including a red zone interception. That was a huge play in that game. The Cowboys are up 7-0. They're going in in what feels like, if, if, it may, if it's 10-0, it, it feels over, right? If it's 14-0, it's, it feels definitely over. That interception changed the entire complexion of the game. And then at the end of the first half, he gets the second one on a great play. Ball I think was tipped at the line of scrimmage. We'll see later uh, on the tape, but I think that ball was tipped and, and he is the beneficiary. He flew around in this game. The Packers might have a long-term defensive piece. And I was messaging with someone who covers the Jaguars during the game. They reached out and said, Hey, you know, uh, what was the deal? How did this all happen? And I sort of explained the, the route that, that got them here, the circuitous route that got them there. And, and what they said was, you know, he was a guy who always played well in the, the time that he was out there. I didn't understand why Doug Peterson just let him go. This is a, this is a good football player. And I said at the beginning of the year, I thought it was strange that the Packers didn't make a better effort to get another NFL safety. And part of that was predicated on the idea that if, if Joe Barry is not going to play Rudy Ford, if he's going to say when asked, should you move Darnell Savage? If he's going to say, well, we have to have someone to replace him. The implication is he's not. He, they, that he's not that guy. But it turns out he might be that guy. And that would be not just, not just important for this year, but for long-term because the Packers did very little to address that position in the offseason. And so now to have this, they're in very good position. And I think you could make the case that if Darnell Savage is your long-term nickel, 
and he might be. We will give him the rest of the season because Stokes is going to be out the rest of the season. Then I wonder if what you do when Stokes come back is in this offseason, Adrian Amos needs to get a contract. You move Russell Douglas to safety. You keep Rudy Ford. You draft somebody to add some depth, maybe sign a veteran. And now you have a Jair, Darnell Savage, Eric Stokes, three group with Russell Douglas at safety. I, I think that's a very real possibility. I think that makes a lot of sense for this team, given where they are. And it it, it is it is good. It is good that Joe Barry had a willingness to make this move. It is bad. It took this long and Darnell Savage being this bad and actually took a um, uh, uh, an injury to get there. But he, he was, again, dragged, kicking, and stream, screaming to that point. And no, Chris, in the stream, I have not had any beers today, uh, but I had many last night at a wedding and many the night before that. So this is why I sound this way <laughs> right now and why I'm a little foggy. But we had, to, we had to give you the content. We had to deliver here from the hotel room, parts unknown. This defense, they looked closer to what we thought they would look like. And think about Quay Walker, who had some a couple of nice plays in the open field. Think what this defense could look like with Devondre Campbell back. He was playing at a high level before he got hurt, or at least had a couple games where he was playing at a high level. So this defense can actually get better. I think more opportunities to be creative. They blitzed Darnell Savage a couple times from the slot. He made tackles. There, there is there is room for this team to grow. It's a bummer that Rashawn Gary was not out there because the Packers pass rush was very inconsistent. Jaron Reed had a chance to get a safety in the end zone, fell off that play, but they got the pressure on that last drive in overtime when they needed it. When they needed it, they got stops, which is not something we've been able to say that many times about this Packers team over the course of this season. And so for all that talent, Maybe this was just the right geometry of the defense. We talk usually about geometry on offense. Making sure the pieces fit and that guys can attack the right parts of the field and they complement one another. Sammy Watkins did some stuff. I should have mentioned that at the top. Sammy Watkins made a couple nice plays. He was real bad against Detroit. Wrong routes, getting destroyed by press coverage. He had three big catches in this game for 47 yards. Alan Lazard had the big one for 36. And then you have the Christian Watson coming out party. This was the kind of game where you got the role players to come through for you. And you needed that. You needed that. You needed the Rudy Ford moments. You needed Darnell Savage to be better than he had been in the slot. And I think you can make the case that over the course of the next six or eight games, Darnell Savage is going to be a better option than Russell Douglas was anyway. And Russell Douglas was playing like a better outside corner than Eric Stokes. So you might have made your defense better in three places. You lose Rashawn Gary. That sucks. But this defense has a chance to actually get better as the team plays a little bit more with one another. And I, and I think that's a really encouraging part if you still believe, as I do, that this season is far, far, far from over. Today's episode brought to you by Prize Picks. It is daily fantasy done right. No having to play against me or your friend Jake or the, the finance bro who's got the algorithms, who's put $1,000 into all the different lineups just to cover all his bases and then wins because that's just the numbers say that he's going to win. No, no, no. That's not what this is. Prize picks sets a number. Aaron Rodgers, passing yards. You decide if you think he's going to have more 
or less. Aaron Rodgers didn't have a ton of passing yards in this game, 224, but some of those, those numbers this year have been in like the 220s. I forgot to check it before, before the game, but I, I bet that was less. You could have made some money deciding that. Pick two to five players, and if they score more or produce more or less than your price picks projection, and you're right, you can win up to 10 times your money. And they have it on so much more than just football, basketball, baseball, hockey, golf, uh, all, all sports, esports, soccer. We've got the World Cup coming up, um, Euro basketball, cricket. It's all there for you. Download the PrizePix app or go to prizepix.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First-time users get a 100% deposit match on the $100 up to $100 with the promo code locked on. If you deposit $100, PrizePix will give you $100. If you deposit $50, PrizePix will give you $50. Don't forget to use the promo code locked on for that instant deposit match up to $100. And thanks for making Locked On Packers your first listen. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast, my show. The biggest stories in sports plus instant reactions, big recaps, and the take of the day available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get podcasts. Okay. Some things that I didn't like. Why is Amari Rogers still out there? Why? 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 What I'm asking is why? Why was he still out there? Why was he still out there? What I want to know is why Amari Rogers was still out there. He has had so many opportunities to not, not prove, to unprove the narrative. Because the narrative is that he stinks and cannot be back there on punts. I actually like some of the stuff he does as a receiver, but he might just not be a punt returner. Jordy Nelson could not stop fumbling on kick returns, which is why he had to be taken off kick returns. Turned out to be a pretty good receiver, right? This Keyshawn Nixon is fine as a returner. Just let him return punts. Let him return kicks. Amari Rodgers already lost the kick role, and the punt return role is harder. He just can't hold on to the ball. So I don't I don't know why that hasn't changed. I don't know why they refused to make that switch weeks ago. And then you heard it was it was almost as dumb. No, it was dumber. I'll say that it was dumber than Joe Barry saying we can't play Rudy Ford basically because he's not good enough. When Rich Passaccia said, "Well, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna can his you know what?" When the answer was, "It's time to can him," cannot be out there. Cannot be out there. Amari Rodgers cannot be out there on punt returns. This is not reactionary anymore. He cannot be out there. And and every week he's out there, Rich Passaccia needs to answer 50 questions in his pressers weekly about why he's still out there. there, The we have a lot of faith in him stuff is over. He has shown what he is as a punt returner through two years in his NFL career, a year and a half, and he can't be out there. He can't be out there. The other thing, really didn't like that end of half defense. The Packers have been playing aggressively. They had been flying around, simulated pressures, disguising coverages. And then in the two-minute, predictably, two deep safeties off 8, 10, 12 yards off the ball. And it's just soft, soft, soft. I just, I need the defense. I need the guys to go and just say, we're not doing this anymore. We can't play this way at the end of halves. 
They're so concerned with giving up a big play that they're going to let teams go eight plays, 70 yards in a minute and a half like they did against the Cowboys because they're playing so soft. It's not the way that they played the rest of the game and the rest of the game, it worked for the most part. So I don't understand that. Now the run defense, look, the run defense was still not great. 159 yards, um, five yards of carry. Packers run game, by the way, awesome. 207 yards, over five yards a carry. Both Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon averaged over five yards. A.J. Aaron Jones, 24 carries, a buck 38 and a touchdown. A.J. Dillon, 13 carries, 65 yards. That, that was the complimentary, and it's, you know, it's almost two to one. That's the, that's the split you want. I thought they could have gotten Aaron Jones a little bit more involved in the passing game. But when you have Christian Watson doing stuff, great. But then the other part defensively that I don't understand is you you have one receiver that you're worried about. One. Like, Michael Gallup is, is not a good player right now. Otherwise, you're talking about Kevontae Turpin and Noah Brown and, and these guys that are just not, they're not useful players, really. CeeDee Lamb had 15 targets in this game. 11 catches for 150 and two touchdowns. And you don't give Jair Alexander a chance. And then, of course, with the game on the line, the Jair Alexander makes a couple of plays that were awesome, that helped win them the game. So why is it not the plan from the start to be a little bit more aggressive? Or in the second half, when you know that that's what the Cowboys want to do, when, that, when they have proven he's the only guy that they want to throw to. Why not make that adjustment? Why not make that change and give yourself your best cover corner against the only receiver they want to throw the ball to. Now they had a couple times when they're trying to play in and out coverage and they're actually bracketing him and he still gets open. Something that Devontae Adams used to be awesome at. And Dak Prescott's a really good quarterback. Packers got him twice. He had 46 attempts in this game for 265. That is, that is really getting it done defensively. It's the turnover in the game. That really is the difference. The Packers win. They give six points on a fumble at a point in time when they have the momentum in the game. They just got to stop deep in their own end. And now you have the fumble. And then you, you get a stop in, in the late second half. You get your touchdown. And now you play soft. You play soft and you let them go right down and score. Eight plays, 66 yards in a minute and a half. Like that's, you just can't, that can't be. You just got the game-changing pick. You've made it 14-7. You, you get the ball coming out of halftime. The only thing you can't do is give up a touchdown there. A field goal, fine. The two-minute stuff is, it's a killer. They're the worst team in the league, net, in the, in the last two minutes of halves and games. And part of that is because they're not scoring either. And other teams are scoring seemingly every week. They have to get that fixed because it's it it almost came back to bite them in this game. It probably is going to come back to bite them again at some point in the future if they don't get it fixed. So this is a problem that they need to get worked out. But guess what? After the Lions game, it, it, it got really hard to talk about this team in anything other than a theoretical lens. It's why we spent Friday talking about the draft. And, and if the draft was to blame for these mistakes, I know a lot of people thought we were going to be talking about um, the, the upcoming draft, we're not doing that yet. We have football to talk about until there's no football to talk about that matters. We're going to be talking about football on this show. But now this team is talking about actually trying to go win football games to get back into the mix in the playoffs. And they still are because the Rams can't buy a win. 
The 49ers are going to play later tonight. As we're recording this, they're losing to the Chargers. The NFC might just be a total, a complete farce. The Bucs lead the South at 5-5. Five and five. None of those other teams are probably going to make the playoffs. The Seahawks might be the only team from the West that makes the playoffs. The Vikings might cruise to this. But is anyone going to be that scared of the Vikings 2-7 if the Packers get the 7 going to Minnesota in, in week one? I, I think there are going to be a lot of Packer fans who would, be, who would like that matchup, who would love a chance to go back in there, especially since these two teams get to play at the end of the season. The Vikings may have nothing to play for at that point because, I mean, they, they could still catch the Eagles for the one seed, certainly, but that seems unlikely. So. I don't know, man. There's still there's still hope in this season. And if the Packers keep playing like that and can build on this, you get some of your guys back healthy a little bit. There, there is there is room to go, and there are there is a path to getting there. A lot of it thanks to Christian Watson, a lot of it thanks to some changes that they made defensively. There is so much that we get to talk about now in the coming weeks. Can they sustain this? What can they build on? How can this all come together? Which is why I love to do this show. Follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter, Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers. And anytime you want to come and hang out with us live like we are right now on our YouTube page, the Locked on Packers YouTube page, you can do that to stay Locked on Packers.